BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, everyone. It's Jack Rico. Thank you for listening to the Highly Relevant Podcast. This is a bonus edition, meaning that it's apart from the regular uh, podcast that we put out every Friday. And the reason we felt that we needed to do a bonus edition is because of the John Leguizamo article that dropped this week. It has sent some sort of uh, seismic shifts <laughs> around the Hispanic industry. And everybody's been reading about it. Everybody's been passing it around. And it really talks about the underrepresentation of Latinos in film, television, and in media. So I had a chance to talk to Kelvin Chavez. He is the founder of Latino Review, one of the most important Latino outlets in film and in, 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 uh, in, in Hollywood in the last 10 to 15 years. Uh, he's now the editor-in-chief of Splash Report. He joins me, and we kind of go there. We kind of just unpack, unfold, break down, dissect what this article meant. We kind of also have our own conversations about the problems with Latinos amongst themselves, uh, within the Hollywood system, uh, psychologically, uh, where we are, the difference between Latin Americans and U.S. Latinos, and how that affects directors and stories. Well, there's so much going on. I think it's best if you just listen to it. So here's Kevin, Kelvin and I uh, chatting on this bonus edition on the Highly Relevant Podcast. Joining me now to discuss the John Leguizamo Billboard article in depth is Kelvin Chavez. He's the former... Uh, editor of Latino Review and now the editor-in-chief of Splash Report. And he's one of the most respected voices in Latino film journalism. Uh, Kelvin, what's going on, brother? What's going on, buddy? Thank you for having me. You've been covering Latino movies since the early 2000s, not even a little bit earlier. What did you make of this John Leguizamo article? It's being passed around. I, I keep on getting emails from people about it. Well, I thought about you when I first read it. You know, <laughs> same here, I, man. That's why I said, "Oh, I gotta give this to Jack. We gotta talk about this, this stuff." I mean, you know, like I read it and and I get what he's saying too. But you know, at the end of the day, dude, it's like, you know, Hollywood, you know, doesn't owe a shit, dude. You know, <laughs> it, it doesn't. I mean, if you want to be like, let's be real. You keep it one hundred. Right. They don't owe us anything, you know what I mean? But, but you know, that, that's not the argument, though. You know, the no, argument I'm... is not that they owe us anything. It's the argument is that, you know, this is America. This is not a homogenous society. This is a, the land of the free. So every free, every immigrant or every population, every bubble 
of culture that was within the world, those marginalized for religious purposes or whatever else it may be, said, we will not be judged in America. And they decided to make the track, which was which was atrocious for, for many of them. So when they get here, they try to build their lives. And imagine having to then suffer racism, uh, exclusion from, 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 from certain towns and neighborhoods and part of the politics and society. And it, it, it's like it hasn't stopped. And I think that one of the big beefs that John Leguizamo had with the article, why are we being ignored by mainstream media? What the hell do we have to do? How many records do we have to break? How much shouting do we have to do in order to be included in the conversation about race, inclusion, and diversity in arts and culture in America? Well, I was talking to a friend of mine, Nick, and he and I were talking about it, and, and Hollywood has been consistent in the sense that they only see the color green and at the end of john leguizamo's color uh, you know thing he says it he literally says it you know um he says you know uh because green is the only color that matters in right money well money so that's what matters in hollywood but but in hollywood but that, that that counter argues everything else we're the number one movie going demographic in the united states oh. we've been like this for 10 over maybe 15 years yeah and, and but the thing is Mario Van Peebles. I don't even know if you ever saw this movie called Sweet uh, Sweatback's Badass Song. No. Have you ever? Okay. Well, what happened was he was having the same problem. So nobody was casting blacks in lead roles or action films or thrillers or making movies until Melvin Van Peebles made that film. Mm -hmm. And what happened was as soon as that movie made money, it launched the black exploitation movement. Oh, in the 70s. Yeah. Yeah. And Shaft. You saw movies, and... Shaft, a Mag, Foxy Brown. And what did that prove? That, you know, he can bring the audience in. You right. Know? That he diversity works. That... Yeah, that diversity works. Mm-hmm. He made that possible. So what happened? Hollywood was giving him money to do movies because he knew, you know. It's the whole Tyler I... Perry, you know, sort of effect. Exactly. Right. But Tyler Perry had fans before he did the films of Medea. When he did the films of Medea, all those fans that he had when he was doing uh, on Broadway or down south and in, 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 on stage, they all came to support him no matter what. Right. The African-American community, uh, it's not that they don't have any problems anymore. It's just that it has improved for them, you know, in the last several years. But where instead of improving for us Latinos, it's gotten worse. You have to prove that Latinos are going to go out in droves to support your movie. But that's, yeah, you know, it's it's a problem. And, and, and let's just talk about it really there. quick, briefly. A- you know, Latinos don't really support Latino movies. Uh, most of the Latino movies that are made happen to come from Latin America, and everybody knows that. U.S. Hollywood movies with Latinos are rarely made. I was just reading a stat that in 2016, only one movie out of 900 films uh, proportionally represented Latinos. That that's insane, man. And I, I think it was hand. I think it was Hands of Stone, which <laughs> yeah, was a is. U.S. Hollywood film. Everything else was from Latin America, so it's in Spanish with subtitles. It's considered a foreign film, and the Oscars and the Academy members will not consider that. You know those films, U.S. Hollywood films. So they'll put them in the foreign film category to yeah. compete. You know with the rest of the world. And that, and that's something that John Leguizamo brings up that these Alfonso Caron and 
Alejandro, you know, back-to-back Mexican director. Yeah, and the best director the job, and you then... Know, for best... You see, but and, no and one's best, really talking about film. those achievements, is that those achievements did not come with Latino stories. So they come from Latino representation, but like I asked Alfonso Cuaron one day, and I asked Guillermo del Toro one day, I said, yo, ever since you guys crossed over, you guys don't want to make any Spanish films anymore. Or any Spanish language films anymore. Dude, every time I ask them that question, they're completely befuddled. And it, they're like, oh, how do you even answer that? Yeah. You know, let, let's go and kind of break down exactly what this John Legazamo article means, represents, uh, sure. and, 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 and kind of give our critical analysis of what he's really trying to say a little bit more in depth. He basically blew a gasket when he found out that Despacito wasn't nominated for a video music award at the MTVs this past weekend. He really gets into uh, that this hurts the fact that mainstream media is dismissing Spanish language or Latino anything into the more of the bigger culture at large. He says, look, my kids, kids, Latino kids, they got no role models if they don't see them. Right. Which makes a lot of sense. And then I go, look at the news. Look at TV news. How many Latinos can you right now mention? that are in the mainstream news media? None. Well, you know, Anna Navarro. Well, yeah, CNN, yeah. I mean, I, but she's yeah. a contributor. She she's doesn't, contributor. she's not an anchor, she's right? Not an anchor. You got no, exactly. Ana Cabrera is an anchor, but she's not relegated to the weekend. Jose Diaz-Balart. He's on NBC News Saturdays and his show on MSNBC was canceled. The Today Show uh, fired Natalie Morales or... I shouldn't say fired. They just transitioned her over to Axis Hollywood and as a sort of a, a once in a while contributor. Uh, there are no Latinos on GMA, but there's a lot of African Americans. Definitely. So, so African Americans really don't have a complaint necessarily about not being seen anymore. It's improved. It's it's worked out for them. They, as a homogenous society, have united together. There's leaders in the Black Lives Matter movement and other movements and other organizations. Uh, April Rain from No Oscar So White and now No Confederate. She's one of the big voices in the African uh, American community. We don't have one. And the ones that we do, they're so kind of disorganized because everybody's kind of like on their own. And what he's really saying in this article, John Leguizamo, is we need to stand up, stand together, unify all our voices, and really try and make a dent. This is the moment. We're invisible. And we shouldn't be because we are the largest majority minority in the United States. No, and I, and I agree too. But, you know, like, you also have to say, like, you know, if Latinos want more opportunities in Hollywood, go do what Melvin did. Sylvester Stallone, Eugenio, Robert Rodriguez, Tyler Perry did. They created their own opportunity and showed Hollywood that they can just making money. I think that one of the key things that John said in the article, and uh, let me see if I can find it. He says, how can we continue to be absent on so many lists, award shows, news programs, movies, TV shows, and even more so? distorted and erased from the history textbooks. And I think he was referring to the Arizona's ban on Mexican-American studies that the U.S. court ruled that was racist. That was happening. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, there's a wow. real, real thing. First of all, we're living in an anti-immigrant sentiment, you know, uh, vibe right now. Uh, Trump obviously wants to build that wall. 
Uh, he called Mexicans rapists, which is an attack not only on Mexicans, but on all of us, because he probably thinks that Colombians are Mexicans, too. Um, and so I think that his big beef is that how is it possible that a white executive at a movie studio, that our future and our destiny lies in his hands? Pantaleon, the one, you know. Mm-hmm. They're they are what? What would, what would you consider that studio or distributor? A Latin distributor? No, I would consider them a, a U.S. Latin right? sort of company. Right. Out of all their movies, that kind of, do you really do you when you see a poster, you say, you say "Damn, I want to see that movie." No, never. Because they <laughs> have I mean? not built a, a, a brand. But, but, but that's what I'm. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Latinos, like if John's saying that we have to stand, they got. It's true. You have to, you know work your butt off and, and, and create your own stuff. Look, Robert Rodriguez is a, for me is a, one of the good examples. Mm-hmm. He went out and he did his own stuff. Seven grand cost him to do it at Mariachi mm-hmm. and look what happened. It opened the floodgates because they made money for them. Right. And then and then the same thing with uh uh I guess Guillermo, you know, he did mimic, he did this, he did Paz Labyrinth. I just don't think the that's the case, dude. You know what the problem is? I, I think when he first of all the mariachi in that whole trilogy, they didn't really talk Spanish. It was it, the first one did. Well, the first one did, but it was also sort of something like an indie phenomenon. It was an anomaly that no one had yeah. ever really seen. It was wait, how is this guy making this movie? Seven thousand. Oh, seven thousand. Like it was like seven thousand dollars. <laughs> but look, you have him as an example. Then you have non-Latinos, and Hollywood is going that trend. I see. Look, look what happened to M Night Shyamalan. He was right. like, he was big, and then he disappeared because it would. He made bad movies. And then he got his shit together. He started. He went to Bloomhouse. He made movies for five million dollars. And how much are they making now? You know. So, so I think what we need to break down are the following things, right? Which is some, you know, people don't don't want to talk about it. Latinos don't support Latinos. They don't. I told you this before. I've told you this many times. They don't. Now, now the question is why this whole notion that there's a there's these US Hispanic directors they don't exist and if and if they do exist no one knows about them the only ones that truly exist that are hispanic are are out of mexico argentina chile right now is coming out with some of the best movies and directors and talent um pablo larraín who did uh who did jackie you know so yeah yeah so Latin American movies are getting better, but U.S. Hispanic movies are not. No, no, and, and I, I, and I totally agree with you on that. On, on that, that I hate to say know, it, but I think it's they, true. They suck. They <laughs> suck. They, they're not creating great, amazing content. And I gotta tell you, not everybody wants to see an immigrant film. Like, dude, I, I, I am so sick of it. Sick of it. Crossing the border films. And, there was a movie called Desierto look, that recently came out. I think it was Alfonso Cuarón's son who had done it. And at least it had some sort of like thrilling action. But most movies just that, that show some sort of immigrant experience is not for everybody. It isn't. No, I absolutely agree with you on that. So like, how would you solve it? No more. So how would you solve the problem? What uh, uh, what again, kind look, of I movies an... should, should, should be done for Latinos or how should we treat the issue? You know, like, like, look, like I was saying to you before and before we got on this segment. I saw an interview like a day ago with Pitbull where. Oh, was it on CNBC? Yeah, CNBC, where companies came to him because, you know, they wanted to get the Latin market, the Latin people to come and buy their stuff. 
And he says, no, it's not just for the Latinos. It's for everybody, a, bro, a wide audience. And I think that's something that you have to do with the Latin community as well. Just That's get a great point, one, man. You know, get a one or two, maybe one or two Latinos in the film. And then everybody, else, you know, Fast and the Furious is a good example. It's diversity everywhere. You know, it doesn't have to, you know, for one uh, culture. Right. I, th- I like, think- for example, there was a movie, there was two movies that came out. I don't know if you ever saw that. I never saw them. But they were about, uh, I guess, big Latin Mexican, you know, uh, icons, which is Chavez, the agricultural person, whatever, and uh, Cantinflas. I didn't see any of them. Well, yeah, Cantiflas was was okay. You know, nothing to write yeah. home about. It, it, but you see, like you said before, they all whack. But then you have these <laughs> Latino that you have these Latino directors. Look, this guy's coming out with a big monster that's coming out in in, in less than in a week or a week from today. It's gonna make cartel dollars at the box office. Which one are we talking He's about? He's Argentina. He's Argentinian. Who? It. Oh, it. Wait a minute. Andy it? Machete. Oh, he's that's Guillermo, that's Guillermo del Toro's boy. Yeah, Andy Machete. Yeah. Dude, he's I didn't a even notice Spanish that. Spanish director. But you see what I'm saying? He doesn't do it just for us. He does it. Right, for but everybody. that's also not a Latino product. It's not. It's not. But for example, here's a Latino. But we can't product fall I into that that misunderstanding that just yeah. because. It's directed by a Latino. It's a Latino product. You know, I've, I've, exactly. when I was younger, I used to fall into that. Well, you know, there's a Latino angle here, but that's me being <laughs> desperate, man, to try and hang on to some sort of Latino thing. Here's what I think that the solution should be. Latinos, like you were saying about the Pitbull thing and about doing things for everybody. Most Latino movies are made for Latinos. And, and I'm not saying every single one, but a lot of them are. And what we have to start doing is we have to kind of be more inclusive. Latino directors and Latino screenwriters need to start being more inclusive whenever they write about a Latino story. Meaning, have an African-American, have an Indian, have an Asian, have a white person in your movie. Make it more American in concept, yet it's being driven maybe by a Latino story that affects many races or many cultures as you progress through the story, right? It needs to be done by some sort of Hollywood system. If they don't want to support it, then you got to do it on your own. Look what Jordan Peele did with Get Out. Exactly. Right? Look at that. That wasn't just for black people. That was making a statement on on, on whites and everybody else. That's what yep. I love about it. And it was like a wink with a bit of comedy. It was innovative. But where are the innovative directors, you know, from, from, from Latin America? So as much as I... I, I understand what John Langazamo is saying with his article, and he's right. We should all unify and start getting our, our name out uh, for our community and our culture. Uh, we can't leave it up to Gina Rodriguez and Alfonso Cuaron for the rest of their lives. <laughs> and not only that, look, you have, and I'm proud that there's a lot of Latino talent out there as actors. You have what he mentioned on the article, Oscar Isaac. He mentioned Gina Rodriguez. Um, Benicio del Toro, who I think is phenomenal. So is Oscar Isaac. Oscar Isaac. Sometimes I didn't even know that he was Latin. He was Guate. You know? He's Guatemalteco. The thing is, yeah, he, he doesn't want to speak Spanish when you when you talk to him. He doesn't want to come off. He doesn't even come off as Hispanic, dude. 
You know, he comes off yeah. as multi-ethnic, but you can't really peg where he's from. Like, if I asked you, do you think he's Latino? You might say yes. And then I go, from where? No clue. No clue. No clue. And, and, I, tell you, and, and I tell you this, Anya Taylor-Joy, I would tell you she's Latina. From where? You have no clue. Right. Well, Cardi B, who was a sensation, you know, uh, since the VMAs, yeah. Dominicana, but she doesn't come off yeah. as a Dominican. It comes off almost as as black. So, yeah. you know, we come in different shapes and different sizes. Not every Latino wants to be known as a Latino, which is another truth. Come on, let's be yeah. honest. Let's you be know, honest. Just, uh, you know. We're <clears throat> oh, Jessica Alba. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, can you break down for me what happened with Jessica Alba? Because she got a lot of slack. Uh, well, I think for I, I think, oh, a back wow. major backlash for her sort of refuting her Latinaness, and then I'll tell you my story about Tony Mendez, which I broke around the Argo time, where he also denied his Latinoness. But what happened with Jessica? Well, I, I think I think in two thousand and three there was a junket for Honey in New York, and somebody came up to her and asked her about like her Latin culture and and she like uh, she was like literally straight up saying I'm not Latina, you know, I just happen to have parents who are from that but i consider myself blah 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 and, and there's nothing wrong with that though man because no, no, I know, if, but... if your father is like fifth generation hispanic latino mexican and for five generations no one's talked spanish to you or no one sort of introduces you or presents the latino culture to you then you are a product of your environment you know that's just yeah, straight because, up how it is so when yeah, she said her, it at her mother her, her mother was like i think it's german and then her father is Mexican. That's what it was. That's what it is. So I think to her at the, the Cameron Diaz is the same thing. Yeah, Cameron Diaz Cameron is the same thing. Yeah, same thing. So, uh, so, so what happens is that you have a lot of these Hispanic Americans that that sometimes like Oscar Isaac maybe uh, that that don't necessarily see themselves as Latino first. That they see themselves as a non-denomination culture. Because that way, it's safe. You know, I yeah, don't yeah. pick a side. And white directors and white studio heads from Paramount and Warner, they're, they're going to look at me as one of their own. And the wink and the dark little secret amongst a lot of these Latino actors is that the more mum they are on promoting their Latino-ness, uh, the less it's in the mind of that white executive. That's making this choices like a Michael Bay, for example, even though he's fixed it with Isabel Monet and the latest Transformers. Um, but I think that they feel that Latin, their Latino-ness could actually harm them on the way up to superstardom. And so that fear is the one that they don't want to promote in junkets, the one that they don't want to promote during interviews, like in magazines or whatever it is. And they almost kind of shut it. It's like, hey, listen, don't put me in that box. Yeah, have a great career. Don't remind and make people aware the white the white executives that I'm Latino because it might actually end up affecting me. Which is which is kind of messed up because you have Latino directors who are proud of it, and when you go and interview them, they're so proud of it. Yeah, I'm Mexican. They call the shots. Actors yeah, don't. At, but but you know who else is like that? And I had the privilege of interviewing him. Is Benicio. He's proud to be Puerto Rican. He is. But Puerto you know, Rican is also an American, it's American soil, it's American territory. So you don't have that sort of, you know, disconnect as much. You know, for example, the Tony Mendes thing, you and I were talking about this uh, several hours ago. Uh, Tony Mendes, for those of you who don't know, is the name of the character and the, na uh, and the person that the movie Argo was based on with Ben Affleck. 
when Affleck was asked at a press conference about the Mendez name and the Hispanic texture that the character had that was not visible in the movie because they never touched upon it. it he just happened to be named Mendez. But when asked about his Latino heritage, you know, the, the, the dude was discombobulated. You know, he didn't know how to answer. And he's like, you know, I don't want to talk about it or whatever it was. And so I was offered an interview with Tony Mendez, the real Tony Mendez. And so while I'm talking to the guy, I started asking him very specific Latino questions. And he just kind of looked at me and says, hey, I'm not Latino. I don't consider myself a Latino. So this is why I understand Jessica Alba saying it. And I said, why? He says, well, my, I had a Mexican father, but my Mexican father abandoned me when I was like two. And I was raised by my white American mom. So now you're talking about, um, you know, interracial relationships. Uh, when the Latino father or the Latino mom, the Latino parent leaves that relationship and they're left with one culture instead of a bi-culture then that person grows up to be of that race or of that ethnicity or of that culture and that language. Maybe it's just English. So yeah, I can understand how they can say I'm not Latino, but you know, all of us are trying to find a way, uh, the story that breaks out that we can, the, we can sort of support behind it and, and kind of get our agendas across. And so even though it didn't merit it, it, it it became a massive backlash for Tony Mendez in the film. And today we're still even talking about it. I mean, the Hollywood Reporter, Huffington Post, they wrote everything about my story. I put it on NBC News. You can still read it there. How he denies his Latino-ness, but I also don't blame him for it. He doesn't even speak Spanish. And I don't think he really hangs out with Latinos. He was like a spy in the FBI or the CIA. He was hang he speaks like 10 languages. You know, this guy is not necessarily the typical Latino. No, yeah, absolutely. I, that, that I get, dude. If his, if his parent or his father, you know, left, of course he's going to be raised a different, you know, so that's different the thing. culture, different everything. Yeah, exactly. And then you and I had talked but, about Coco, right? Yeah, we talked about Coco where it's, it's you know, on one culture, right? On one that I don't relate to. Right, your I mean, beef is that you it's you a Mexican movie and it's, it's not inclusive movie. to all Latinos. Yeah, to all Latinos. And then, you know, uh, that's just not me. I mean, if you want, like, we discussed it in the Coco piece. You know, what can, what film can unite, you know, everyone? All right, pero yo te hago I la guess, pregunta. You know? where, where are you from, Kelvin? I'm Ecuadorian parents, but I was born in New York City. Yeah, okay. So you're Ecuadorian for the most part. Yes, yeah, that's Ecuadorian. where your bloodline, your ancestry, yeah, history yeah. of family yeah. comes from. Okay. So... Yeah. Imagine that Coco was an Ecuadorian movie. How would how would other? I still I still would you go? I, I, would you go? I would. It depends. Like for example, <laughs> like we were talking. No, no, no I'll, I'll say like this. For example, if I was raised that way mm -hmm. with my parents, then yeah, I want to go see it. Like I'm, I wasn't raised, you know, because I'm not Mexican. I wasn't raised in that culture. Like I was telling you before when we were talking about So you don't consider yourself Ecuadorian first. You probably consider yourself American, American first. American first, yes. Definitely. What does that well, mean, I, though? I, what does that mean? That I, When they say, where you're from, I'm American. But I what does that mean, here. though? What, what does being American mean? Give me the definition of being American. To you. Mm, to me? Yeah, not the dictionary term. To you. What is American? I mean, I mean to me, it's, 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 you know, I just happen to be born in America with parents who are Hispanic, but I still follow their culture you know i mean 
America is, I believe, one of the greatest countries in the world, and I'm I'm happy that I was born here. And, and you know, the, supposedly the land of the free. We're not with this Trump thing, mm-hmm. but the land of the free. And you know, if they made, let's say, for example, we were talking about this. If they made a film on, let's say, Christmas, and you know, some has not everyone, but I think some Colombian. I got I have a Colombian wife, mm-hmm. and and uh, they have this thing on during Christmas where they do novenas and stuff like that. And you know, you don't see that in movies when you know when they're doing a, a get together with Latinos. You know what I mean? I mean, have you ever been brought up with novenas and stuff like that? Absolutely. Alabare, alabare. Yeah. You know, it's like, <laughs> you I, I know all the Christmas songs, man, like like in Spanish. Yeah, yet, so, yet, when so when, how, when how I'm in the moment, I'm Colombian. Like when when Colombia's playing soccer, you know, oh, World yeah, Cup yeah, qualifier, yeah, yeah, yeah. I become Latino, man, first, American <laughs> second. <laughs> yeah, that, I'm not going to lie. And, when and, the U.S. goes against Colombia, I'm Colombian first. See, and, that, and that's something... Here's a little sports beef makes me, me Latino. Ne- sports makes yeah, me but Latino. Here's, here, here's a beef that I throw at my nephew and I threw at Oscar de la Hoya one time. No, I didn't throw it at him, <laughs> but it was thrown it was thrown at him. And he felt I don't know how he felt, but he to me literally he 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 felt stupid. You said that your Colombian first one is Colombia versus USA. And, mm-hmm. and it's a sport and you can root for whoever you want. That's fine, because you're you know, you're you're from both places. When like the World Cup is coming up, right? Mm-hmm. And my nephew and all that, they root for Colombia. Like how Colombia as opposed to Ecuador. I know, as opposed to American. Oh, he's okay. American. Right. When he go, I said, listen, let me ask you something. You went to the military. Who are you representing when you go to overseas and, and the United fight? States? Do you not? So why are you rooting for Colombia? And he's, he keeps quiet. Yo, because you I know? don't think that. And then the same thing with Oscar De La Hoya. You're over there with a Mexican sombrero, with a Mexican flag around your neck. Boy, who, when you won the Olympics, who did you represent? <laughs> That's true. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's true. I'm like, I get it. You know, you want to represent your country with your heritage. That's fine. But, you know, I don't know. So I, I mean, think I'm it sounds one. to me like it's very apart, uh, opportunistic. Jeez, I can't even say the word. It's, it's opportunistic. <laughs> opportunistic, yes. Yes. And it's opportunistic in certain moments, but it also isn't out of the realm for one to kind of choose their cultural identity depending on the situation. Some of it is phony and some of it is straight up genuine. Like I think, like I think sports brings out, look, I think that the, one of the reasons that I love Columbia, it's because it has a better team than the United States. Oh, absolutely. It's just a better team. And they have more team. flamboyant, you know, players, you know, a lot of flair. They're 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 more global. I find the United States maybe it's a beef that I have against mediocrity, man. maybe my yeah. beef as a Latino with Latino things is that it, that 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 in film and maybe in television, there's a lot of mediocrity within the Latino content. When it comes yeah. to music, <laughs> Latino music is not necessarily mediocre. I think it's hot. Yeah. So so no one right. No, I mean, dude, you, the, the the thing when you were talking about sports, I mean, I, I feel the same way. I, the reason I sometimes pick Colombia over the U.S. or whatnot or Brazil over the U.S. is because let's get it straight: the U.S. ain't all that in soccer. You know, it's like they're not all like you know flashy and stylish and you know pasa la bola here, there. You know what I mean? So let's talk about language for a second. Do you have a problem watching Latino movies that are exclusively in Spanish? 
No. Why? Because I understand it. Okay, so you understand it, but would you prefer to see that same movie in English? It was done right. I mean, you, you mean the same film, but in subtitled in English? Or, or the or remake after? of it in English. But let, let, let's take the example of Nine Queens, one of the best movies ever made in Latin America. It's one with Ricardo Darín. It's a con movie. Mm, yeah. Uh, it's just one of the, if not the greatest con movie ever made. Then they decided to redo it, remake it in the United States with John C. Riley playing the role of Ricardo Darín and Diego Luna. It's called Criminal. Go check Criminal. it out. Yeah. One of the worst remakes ever done as well. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Because it's in English, you know. but it's but it's a, there's a Latino in there. Um, yeah. And that movie failed miserably. Just miserably. They did the same thing with uh, that, 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 that uh, Juan Jose Campanella did a movie, El Secreto de Tus Ojos. Oh, the yeah, Secret yeah, Within Their Eyes. Yeah. Julia Roberts was in that movie. There was, yeah, it was like yeah. an all-star cast. They did that redid it in English. And it sucked. And it sucked. Yeah, it so sucked. you have now a, a lot of people calling for, hey, just leave it in Spanish. So it sounds to me like if a lot of Latin Latino directors wanted to make a Latino film in Spanish, here's what I, I'm starting to notice. And as I'm talking to you about it, it's like, it's just becoming yeah. more clear. I think when it comes to cinema, Spanish language works. It has an artistic ideal. It has more of a genuine sort of uh, heft behind it. Something, it's more serious. It's more somber. You oh, know? yeah, definitely. Yeah. When you do it in English, it loses its quality, I've noticed. Now, but, I don't... But then, I, but, but then again... It's not only Latino Latin movies that are re, being remade that are horrible. Then you had that French film, which I think was one of Luc Busson's best ones, La Femme Nikita. Mm -hmm. They try to make one here in the United States with Bridget Fonda. Shit, horrible. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, so it's not only, it seems that anything that, except for Martin Scorsese, you know, Internal Affairs. Oh, right, 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 right. Well, you know what? They, Actually, oh my God. You know, now that you say Martin Scorsese, I just thought of Andy Garcia. Dude, do yeah. not call Andy Garcia a Latino actor. Cuban. Oh, no, no. I told you the same thing with Wilma Valderrama. I was sitting in his... He and I were just chilling. Uh -huh. I was sitting with him. He was doing his film. And we were sitting in his trailer. Wait, when, what, what movie was this and when was this? Uh, he was doing a, a, a movie that no one saw. <laughs> <laughs> no one saw this movie. Like, no one did. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I even forgot the name of it where he was like some sort of superhero. He had oh, a white mask. Oh, yes, yes. Well, he had tons of problems making that movie. It was like a crow-like, yeah. Yeah, crow-like type of thing. Right. So I, I was at the set. We were hanging out, and I said, you know, how does it feel for a Latino? I'm not a Latino. He Don't say he that. He said that to you? No, he says, I'm, I hate when they say, you know, how does it feel to be a Latino? No, I happen to, I'm an actor who happens to be Latino. Well, here's, what, here's what Andy Garcia told me. When I said to him about being a Latino actor, listen to this. Bueno, para empezar, yo no me considero un actor latino. Un actor. Yo solamente soy un actor. Y hay una diferencia grande ahí, ¿no es cierto? Para mí sí, para mí sí, porque yo creo que y esto a lo mejor es una opinión que no es muy popular, porque por supuesto yo nunca he negado mi hispanidad, eso lo sabe todo el mundo y nunca he negado eso, pero yo no me entrené como si para ser un actor latino. Y para especializarme 
en papeles latinos. Lo puedo hacer, puedo hacer otros papeles, pero nunca me entrené de esa manera. Entonces, el concepto de tener un, un hyphenation, ¿no? Una, un doble nombre, o sea, Ajá. actor hispano, o actor judío, o actor irlandés, o actor <risa> sí, africano-americano, sí. right. porque todos somos actores. Uh -huh. El momento que uno empieza a, a, a traer ese aspecto, entonces ya se está en, en cárcel, o sea, ya poniéndose de entrada en una categoría. And I, and I totally agree with that because I remember an actor and a director I had dinner with a while back in LA. It was, uh, I forgot for what movie it was. And one of the things that he was saying was like about the Latino actors and they don't like to be called that because what Andy Garcia said, you'd be pigeonholed to that thing. So he goes that the great Spanish actors Some Spanish actors are so great that they win awards for playing somebody that they're not, that is not a Latin character. For example, um, one of the greats won an Oscar, uh, Anthony Quinn. Right, Raúl Julia, for, I think, won an Oscar yeah, for, for the no, Serrano the Bergerac back yeah, in the fifties. Yeah, and Anthony Quinn won for Philando Roof playing a Greek person. Right, you know, and here and here we're now in this 2017 with social media where everybody's having a freaking tit fit about whitewashing. Yeah. Nobody it, said any nobody said anything about <laughs> Anthony Quinn when he he won the Oscar for playing a Greek. But now when you cast somebody white or black in a in a white or Japanese role, they have a freaking you know a a, a heart attack. So wait, so what you're yeah. saying is that there's a lot of whitewashing blame being cast on Matt Damon on yeah, yeah. Scarlett Johansson for Ghost in the Shell, Matt Damon for Great And the now recently Wall. this guy, what's his name? Ed, Ed Serkins? Or right, so what happened with this? This was Hellboy, which is Guillermo del Toro's original film. They're remaking it with another director. Guillermo del Toro is not involved. There was a guy who I guess, it, it's a white guy, uh, who was uh, who, who literally resigned. So the movie wouldn't have any controversy. Everybody applauded him for it, but he lost the job. What happened there? Yeah, he... he He basically quit. He got, um, I guess, because of all the backlash, because the character supposedly or, or is, in this case, he's a uh, Japanese. And from my understanding, from people at Dark Horse, which is where the comic book is from, they had told me that the character is not necessarily Japanese. His The character's great-grandmother is Japanese. But, you know... When you see the pictures online about the character, he does look kind of Asian. But what does that you know tell I mean? you about social media, man, and the fear that a lot of these, you know, actors that he have. was so yeah he he was so I guess he was so pushed, you know, out of it to to do the right thing and get out. I mean, I told you this before. Like we can say the same thing about certain you know Latino icon or not icon but Latino figures that are being played by you know who are not Spanish. For example, like I was talking before, uh, Cliff Curtis played, you know, Pablo Escobar. Oh, in, uh, in what about what about that uh, that 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 Brazilian guy that played Pablo Escobar Who, in Narcos? Yeah, and my wife hated the first season of Narcos because he didn't sound, you know, your typical so Colombian. I spoke. Now, this, I, so my last podcast, I spoke to the director of that Narcos season. His name is Andres Baez. He's from Cali, Colombia. All right. And I asked him that question. So dude, the same thing that your wife is like pissed off about and ticked off about is the same thing that I'm ticked off about. 
Um, and it's the issue that these directors hire these actors that are not authentic or genuine to the culture of the role that they're playing. And so when I asked him that, you know what he said to me? He literally, actually, I'll play you, I'll play you the, uh, the soundbite right now. Check this out. And I understand that uh, the, the immediate reaction you have when you watch an act, when you it's hear an actor, it's serve. distracting. What I, what I say in favor of the opposite is that I prefer to work with a great actor with a bad accent than with a okay actor. That does, that with a great actor. Ooh, those are fighting words. <laughs> Because, yo, John Linguizamo, speaking of John, how many times has that been him been fighting to play Pablo Escobar? Yo, he I just went don't as, think look at all, anybody look, sees him as Pablo Escobar. Even, I see him. Dude, he, he went out. You can look it up online. I broke the story that that uh, back when I was on the other site, I broke the story where Oscar Isaac was supposed to play Pablo Escobar. But he went on and did Star Wars, right? So then it was a fight between this Brazilian guy who actually won and John. And then I think John was going to do another film based on Pablo Escobar from the same director of Lincoln, Lincoln Lawyer. Oh, he yeah, went yeah. as far. He went and look it up online. He went as far as putting prosthetics on himself just to look the role. I don't know what happened to that. I'll Rocket. tell you what, I'll t and, and it's just an assumption. It's just an assumption. But I think that the problem with John Leguizamo is that John Leguizamo, for the most part of his career, has been taken as a comedian and not as a yes. dramatic actor. So I don't think that many directors, once they start thinking of a drama, see him as the appropriate guy because they, they're like, okay, this guy's going to crack me up. But, but what they see, but they don't do this to Jim Carrey though. Yeah, but that's what that, and I was going to get to that point because why is Jim, Jim Carrey, Carrey allowed? Why is Robin Williams allowed? Have to, you noticed that these comedic actors are way better dramatic actors? Absolutely, have, because there's a lot of Robin pain. Williams there's a, a lot of pain have, behind a lot of their yeah. comedy. You have a lot of uh, pain. You have Robin Williams playing a, a great God rest his soul. Uh, great uh, roles that he did as a dramatic actor. He won an Oscar for a dramatic actor. Mm -hmm. Jim Carrey got nominated for. A man on the moon. Ultimately, what do you think this article that John Leguizamo wrote is going to do? Do you think people are going to dismiss it after a few days? Do you think this is going to change anything? If you want the article to make noise, you got to you know keep talking about the issue. But like I was telling you earlier in the segment, was if you want to make a stand or, or, or tell Hollywood you need to listen, you have to work. Um, on original ideas like um, Mario Van Peoples did with his thing where it exploded the, the, the lactation movement. Mm -hmm. It opened the floodgates. Um, Robert Rodriguez, I think, tried to do that because not only did he do mariachi, then he did, you know, like, then he went into mainstream with Desperado and, and then although he did have Latin people in it, you know, I don't know where that went. Then he did something where it went mainstream and it was for everybody and it made a lot of money. But I think the first one was good, which is Spy Kids. Right, you know? right. Oh, Spy Kids was you know, a great movie. Latino right, cast. But, but you never yeah. felt... And that's, I think, that the, 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 the magic behind the Robert Rodriguez Hispanic films yeah. is that the Hispanic characters never feel like they're immigrants, you know, and that they have these... 
uh, self-deprecating insecurities about being Latino. Dude, they're all superheroes, man. Even from the Moriachi movies, you know? They're all like superheroes. They have some sort of power. Uh, they're oh, skilled. Pie, yeah. And they're all positive. It's and not they're like all they're positive. All and they're all positive. And I think that more Latino directors should kind of like look at the way the, they don't come off as Latino. And when I say the yeah. word Latino, I am talking about immigrants who are feel like they're being deported, who only speak Spanish and don't want to speak English. Uh, those insecurities, that stigma that the Latino has, that's not the one that Robert Rodriguez depicts in his movies. His no, his, no. his his Latino characters are for the most part American. You know, yep. they think American. They think that they belong in this country. They they feel like they're the majority when they're depicted on film when they're, they're portrayed. You know, so it, it's so convoluted, man. That I think that the only thing we can possibly do is what John Leguizamo said: Let's stand together. Let's improve the numbers. Let's have more representation in film, meaning more Latino stories, not necessarily more Latino directors. If Latino directors are going to create more Latino stories that are more American, more inclusive of everybody, blacks, whites, Hindus, uh, Asians, any other category of, of race, let's do it. Um, let's do it. Let's do a Cuco movie. El Cuco, he been El Cuco. You know, that would never last. That'd be like a two-minute movie. El Cuco, oh, shit, we out. <laughs> we out of the house. That, that'll be the end of the movie. El Cuco, what? I'm out. That's, and with that's that why said, you can't have original. You guys, that's why you can't have original content for Latinos, but it doesn't. It doesn't stick. Come on, man, get out. You think I would really stay in that house after that happened? I'm no, out. No, there's I'm no. Out. <laughs> and with that said, Latino. Uh, with that said, Kelvin, thank you so much for being the podcast. You can check out everything that Kelvin Chavez is doing on the Splash Report. By the way, how's that going, man? How's Splash Report? How's the new site? It's, going, it's, going, it's, it's doing good. It's doing good. You know, we you know we've broken some stories here and there. Been on the trades. It's doing good. That's We're about to break man. another story, but, you know, uh, I'm just waiting for the green light. Ah, oh, sweet. Yeah, don't you get know? into more legal problems, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know me. You rebel. You rebel, you. Yeah, All right, man. Rebel. Thanks a lot for being on the All podcast, right. and uh, right. let's keep the conversation going. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. -ba -ba.